We are on Yevamos, Samach Zayin, Omer Aleph, 67a, uh, towards the bottom of the page. We are discussing the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, a fascinating opinion of Rabbi Yossi, who says as follows, what happens if in the following, we discussed this in the last recording, in the following scenario, uh, where there is a wife who is not a Kohen, she was not born a Kohen, but she marries a Kohen, and so therefore she's also allowed to eat truma, it's permissible for you to eat that special food that is given to the Kohen, and then the husband passes away, however she is pregnant, there is an uber, there's a fetus, and the question becomes, uh, are the uh, slaves are his the the husband's slaves his non-Jewish slaves in general they're allowed to also eat truma there's a special verse in the Torah that says that they're allowed to eat truma uh, the food that's uh, designated for the Kohanim uh, but what happens now uh, that there is a fetus now this fetus when it's when it will be born if it's a boy uh, so then he will be a Kohen and he will be able he'll be the owner of these non-Jewish slaves, he'll be the master, and they'll be able to eat truma also. Uh, the question, however, is that until this uh, baby is born as a fetus, so then does do they do the non-Jewish slaves now have the right to eat truma? They do not belong to the mother; they really uh, belong potentially to the fetus. Uh, and even if there are other children around, uh, the fetus might even have a portion, uh, partial ownership. Uh, in these non-Jewish slaves, and that would impact whether or not they are allowed to eat. So Rubiosi is of the opinion that they are not. These non-Jewish slaves are not allowed to eat truma. Why? So we mentioned that there are many assumptions that Rubiosi is making. So first of all, uh, he's assuming that the fetus actually uh, inherits. He has Yerusha. He inherits from the father's estate, and so therefore he also has a portion in the ownership of these non-Jewish slaves. That's one assumption. Uh, furthermore, uh, he either has to hold that this fetus, until it's, this, this fetus is born, uh, is not a Kohen. You have to assume that it's not a Kohen. Or you would have to assume that even if it's a Kohen, there's a special way in which we understand the verse to tell us uh, that even though he is a Kohen, he does not have the ability to allow others to eat truma until he is born. Uh, that is another assumption uh, that Rabiosi is making. Our Gemara now is going to quote a brisa. We are about to begin a brisa uh, from the times of the Mishnah, and uh, this brisa uh, will explain that there is another assumption that Rabiosi is making. Rabiosi is making another assumption, which is the fact that uh, we are assuming that this fetus will ultimately be a boy, uh, as we will see. Uh, because Rubiosi says this statement, even if there are other, um, even if there are other brothers around who are currently alive, but now we have this fetus. So Rubiosi is assuming if this fetus ends up being a girl, if this ends up being a baby girl. So if there are boys, the law is when it comes to the laws of inheritance that if there are boys, they inherit. Um, the entire estate, and the girls do not inherit the entire the estate. Only the boys inherit it. And in order for this fetus to actually inherit the estate, we have to be concerned, and that's what Rabiosi holds, that concerned that it will end up being a boy, uh, which is also an assumption. And we'll see that there are those who argue on 
this assumption. So let's see the price. They first quote the position of Rabiosi. Let's say that we have this marriage between the wife who was not born as a Kohen and the husband who is a Kohen, and then the husband passes away. And there are children who are alive. It's not a fetus. We have children who are alive. So So then the non-Jewish slaves, even the husband's non-Jewish slaves, they get to eat truma because it gets passed down to the children who are Kohanim. However, let's say there are no live children, but she's pregnant, and so there's a fetus. We say, So then nobody's allowed to eat. The mother can't eat uh, because the mother cannot eat unless uh, there is a child, a living child from this type of relationship because the mother was not born as a Kohen. She only gets to eat truma by extension of her marriage because her husband passed away. So she's only allowed to eat if there's a child. So that right now there's just a fetus. So she's not allowed to eat. Uh, and the non-Jewish slaves cannot eat. What happens if it's both? There are live, uh, there are children who are alive and there's a fetus. So that's the opinion of Rabbi Yossi, that there's a difference whether it's her non-Jewish slaves or his non-Jewish slaves. Avdim log ochlam So her non-Jewish slaves... They're allowed to eat truma because she's allowed to eat truma. She's allowed, the wife is allowed to eat truma because she does have children who are alive. It's a case where they're both children who are alive and there's a fetus. However, if it's avdi tombarza lo yochilim nechal kushal ubershu overposal minamachal de rubiosi because rubiosi is of the opinion that if it's the husband's non-Jewish slaves, so they're not allowed to eat truma. Why? Because it gets who inherits the non-Jewish slaves. It's a it's a combination between. The brothers, the live brothers, but also the fetus. The fetus, according to Rabiosi, also inherits. And because he has a portion, and we don't know which portion, so because he has a portion, so as a fetus, he does not allow the non-Jewish slaves to eat truma, even though he's going to be born, he'll be born a Kohen. But still, he doesn't allow, as a fetus, his non-Jewish slaves to eat truma, and so therefore, none of uh, the non-Jewish slaves that are from the husband's side, from the one who passed away, who's being... who. It's now given over to the children, including the fetus. So now those non-Jewish slaves, can, Jewish slaves cannot eat truma. That is the position of Rabbi and that's what we've seen in the Mishnah also. Now we have two other opinions, which the Gemara will analyze. Rabbi Shmuel, Rabbi Yossi, Omer, Mishim Aviv. Rabbi Shmuel, the son of Rabbi Yossi, says in the name of his father, and this is just a vague statement which the Gemara will get to back to later, and so we won't even translate this because the Gemara will get to this later. Rabbi Shimon ben Yochai Omer, Rabbi Shimon bar Yochai says, and this is an important uh, opinion to contrast with the first opinion, he says, Zacharim Yochelu, Kulan Akivos Lo Yochelu, Shemi Yimtza, Uber Zachar, Ben Labanis Makama Ben Klom. He says that if there are other brothers that are alive and they're brothers, specifically brothers, specifically males, so then the non Jewish slaves could eat, could in fact eat Truma. We are not concerned uh, that the Uber, that the fetus, will prevent the non-Jewish slaves from eating truma. However, if they are all sisters, if they are all sisters, so then they cannot eat truma, the non-Jewish slaves. Why? Because maybe uh, the fetus will be a boy. And if the fetus is a boy, so then he inherits everything, and including the, all the non-Jewish slaves, and then as a fetus, they're not allowed to eat truma. That's the position of Rabiosi. So he says, if there's any boys who are siblings who are alive, so then the non-Jewish slaves could eat truma. If all of them are girls, so then they can't eat truma. So what exactly is going on here? 
So we will see, the Gemara will explain this, but we'll just explain this outside, is that this position of Rabshim Barachai, he's of the position that we assume like the majority. And the majority of times, the fetus will not end up being a boy. How is that so? Isn't it 50-50? There's a 50-50 chance whether there's a boy or a girl. The answer is no. Because, especially in the times of the Gemara, uh, there's a 50-50 chance that it's a boy or a girl, assuming that it's a surviving uh, baby. However, there's a chance that there will be a miscarriage. And a miscarriage leads to a non-surviving baby. And so therefore, there, the majority of the time, it will not lead to the fetus being a boy. It, it's also true that the majority of the time that it won't, won't lead to a girl, but that's not what, we, what concerns us. What concerns us is that we need it to be a boy because if there are other boys, if he has other siblings who are boys, so then if this fetus does not end up being a boy, either if he's a girl or if he doesn't survive, so then he doesn't inherit anything. He gets no Yerusha, he gets no inheritance, and it all goes to the live brothers. And so if he doesn't get anything, so then certainly the non-Jewish slaves are allowed to eat truma because the fetus is not a master, it does not own these non-Jewish slaves. And so therefore, Rabshun Barachai says that if there are other siblings who are boys, so then we are, n- we are not concerned because we do not assume that this fetus will end up being a surviving boy. He will not, we, we will assume that he does not inherit and it only goes to the to the to the boys to the children who are boys who are alive. However, if they are all girls, so then if they're all girls, as the Gemara is about to explain, uh, if the only siblings are all girls, so then there is a majority concern. Why? Because now whether the fetus is a boy or a girl, if it's a boy, so then he gets everything. He gets the entire inheritance. And if it's, he's a, and if the fetus is a girl. So then he share, then sorry, she shares it with the rest of the of the siblings who are girls. Now they share it all together. Um, if it's a girl, uh, and so therefore there is a majority. The only the only concern is that there'll be a miscarriage, but that happens a minority of the time. The majority of the time, it is a surviving uh, baby, and whether it's a boy or a girl, uh, he or she will inherit the non-Jewish slaves, and then as a fetus. Uh, the non-Jewish slaves cannot eat truma. And so that's the position of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. The Gemara explains, Why does the Brisa say that Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai says that, ah, maybe the child is going to end up being a boy? It doesn't make a difference if it's a boy or a girl in the scenario where uh, there are only sisters who are alive, there are only uh, um, sisters, there are no brothers in the picture. Uh, so therefore, if the fetus, even if the fetus is a girl, uh, so then she'll also inherit. So the Gemara explains, Essentially, yeah, we're concerned that this fetus will survive. And if it's a boy, so then he gets everything. And if it's a girl, so then she divides it up with the rest of the siblings, if all the other siblings are girls. Uh, and so therefore, there is a real concern. However, However, if there are any siblings who are boys who are alive, so then we say the non-Jewish slaves do eat truma. Why? Isn't there, the Gemara asks, isn't there a fetus? Aren't we concerned with the fetus? So the Gemara gives, initially it's going to give two answers. We'll see that they really stick with uh, one answer. But the Gemara says, We are not concerned for the result which happens the minority of the time, i.e. that this fetus will end up being a boy. In order for, the, as we pointed out before, in order for this fetus, for this uber, to really inherit the non-Jewish slaves, it has to only be a boy, ends up being a boy because there are other uh, 
brothers who are alive. So if it's a girl, he he won't inherit. Only if uh, boys inherit if they and girls don't inherit if there are boys, uh, male children present. So it can only inherit if it's a boy. Uh, this fetus, and in addition to that, there's a concern that there'll be a miscarriage. So the boy, the fact, the the end result of this fetus end up ending up being a, a boy is is a mute. It, it happens uh, less than the majority; it's a minority of the time, and we're not concerned for that. According to Rabbi Shimon we're not concerned for that. Apparently, according to Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yossi says that no, we're always concerned for this. So then, he is concerned for this. Uh, end result, which happens a uh, minority of the time. He is concerned. Rabbi Yossi says, we are concerned for this. Even if there are siblings who are boys, who are male, uh, we are concerned that, that this over, this fetus will end up becoming a baby boy. And then at the time of being a fetus, he wasn't able to allow his non-Jewish slaves to eat truma. Uh, so Rabbi Yossi is concerned. Rabbi is not concerned. So that's how you explain this uh, this dispute between Rabbi and Rabbi Yossi. But the Gemara now tries to give a second answer. We'll see that they sort of backtrack on this. But the Gemara gives Maybe Rabbi Shemarecha himself also is concerned for uh, the fact that this child might end up being a boy. Ah, so why are we not concerned in this case? Because Because what's the whole concern here according to Rabbi Yossi, right? This opinion of Rabbi Yossi in the Mishnah is that the non-Jewish slaves will end up uh, being belong, they'll be uh, under the fetus, the fetus will own these non-Jewish slaves. Um, that's the concern. But Shmuel says in the name of Rav Nachman, sorry, Rav Nachman says in the name of Shmuel that uh, we decide, we the Beisdin, we appoint somebody who oversees uh, the property of an orphan of Yisomim. Included in that is this fetus, and we will make sure. Uh, we will make sure that this apotropus, the person who's in charge of the of the property of the fetus, that none of the non-Jewish slaves will belong to the fetus. And this way, the non-Jewish slaves will belong to the other brothers, and they'll be able to inherit. Uh, that Beisden, Beisden gets to decide, and Beisden... Uh, the the court will appoint somebody to say that you know what they're in charge of the property of all the yisomim of all the children of all the orphans who are under uh, the age of they're not uh, an adult yet and so therefore they're in charge and they'll say you know what we will make sure that the non, none of the non Jewish slaves really belong to this fetus because we want them to be able to eat truma uh, and that's that's this position of Rup Shimon Bar Yochai. Uh, however, Higdilu, there's a separate point here. This is just a, t- a tangent. There is a dispute uh, between Shmuel and Rav Nachman, an interesting dispute that if we're appointing somebody, we, the, the courts, appoint somebody to oversee the property of these minors, of these minors who are now orphans, who inherited uh, from the estate of the father. Uh, so the question is, once they become adults, do they have the ability to to reject that which they were given, to say that, you know what, we disagree with how it was divided up. Do they have that ability or not? Shmuel says they do have that ability. Rav Nachman says that, no, they don't have that ability because if they had that ability, it would uproot this whole, the whole uh, power of Basin, the whole power of the, of the court, if they would be able to to go back on uh, what was already divided up. So that is a, just a, a side tangent in terms of whether or not they're able to back out or not. Uh, but essentially, what the Gemara is now saying is that according to Rupshim Bar Yochai, Rupshim Bar Yochai is of the opinion 
according to the second explanation, that the reason why the non-Jewish slaves are allowed to eat truma if there are other brothers around is because we'll make sure that the other brothers actually could inherit. Uh, and they will inherit the non-Jewish slaves. And the Umar, the fetus, will not inherit the non-Jewish slaves, and therefore the non-Jewish slaves will be able to eat truma. Uh, apparently, the Gemara says, Lamed of Nachman Tanahi, Apparently, why would Rabiosi argue? It seems as though Rabiosi holds that no, we won't. We do not appoint somebody to oversee the property of uh, that which they inherit. That's what it seems like. Is that is that really true? We're going to tell me that Rav Nachman is really end up being a dispute between Rabiosi and Rishim Bar Yochai. Asks the Gemara. The Gemara says no. Lo, Nachman The Gemara answers that no. Everybody holds like Rav Nachman, really, and this is what it means that we backtrack from the second answer. We really end up just holding the first answer. Really, in the end of the day, everybody agrees to Rav Nachman. Everybody, Rav Yossi also agrees that if we have an apotropos, in a case where there is an apotropos, where there is somebody who is designated to be in charge of the property of the Yisomim, of the miners who are orphans, and they've inherited land, so they'll make sure that the Uber, that the fetus himself, uh, will not inherit from the non-Jewish slaves, so that the non-Jewish slaves could eat truma. They really belong to the live brothers. And that everybody would agree to. The whole dispute is what happens if they did not end up appointing an apotropos. What happens if they didn't appoint somebody to oversee uh, the property of these miners? So if they didn't appoint anybody, so now we have a dispute between Rabbi Yossi and Rishim Baruchai, which essentially goes back to the first explanation of what this dispute is all about. According to Rabiosi, we are concerned. Even if there are live brothers, um, and they will certainly inherit, we are concerned that maybe this fetus will end up being a surviving baby who's alive, who's also a boy, which happens the minority of the time, because 50-50 that it's a girl, and there's a chance of her miscarriage. So he's concerned for this uh, result, which happens, uh, I guess, uh, not, I don't know, I wouldn't call it infrequently, but it doesn't happen... It happens less than 50% of the time. Um, and so therefore, he is concerned that it will end up being a boy. He will inherit. And then the non-Jewish slaves are not allowed to eat truma as long as, as this fetus is a fetus. However, Rishim Barachai argues, Rishim Barachai says that, no, we are not concerned for the majority, uh, for the minority, sorry. Sorry, we assume that whatever happens the majority of the time is, is our assumption that, that that's what will take place. And so therefore, we will not assume that this will be a surviving baby who is a boy. And so therefore... We, we allow the non-Jewish slaves to eat truma. We will allow them to eat truma uh, because we're not concerned that it'll end up being a boy. If they're all girls, okay, so then there's a real concern because whether it's a boy or a girl, the fetus will be able to inherit. But if there are, are surviving boys, so they will inherit uh, as long as the fetus doesn't end up being a surviving boy, which happens only the minority of the time. Rabbi Shimon Bayochai is not concerned for the minority. Uh, so that is another assumption within Rabiosi. So just to conclude, Rabiosi has another assumption that we are concerned for the result which takes place only in the minority of the time, i.e. that this fetus will end up becoming a boy, and not just a boy, but a surviving boy, will be a surviving uh, living baby. Um, and so that's the position of Rabiosi, and, uh, and Roshim Baruchai argues on Rabiosi. We'll see the rest of this b'risa, uh, the rest of the commentary of this b'risa in the next recording, and hopefully begin also the next Mishnah.